The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to another edition of Eye on the Enemy, powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, John Stolness. You can follow me on Twitter, at John Stolness. And coming up, we're going to dive into some of the news and notes going on around the NFL and the NFC East. Specifically, I'm going to talk a little bit about Carson Wentz's tenure in Washington coming to an end and what might be next for him that's a big question I know he's not going to be an eagle why do we really care about where he's going to land it's not going to be with another team in the NFC East I don't think but uh, he still is an interesting figure that I know a lot of fans uh, are interested in I was going to say care about but I'm not not sure many Eagles fans care about Carson Wentz anymore but it's a very interesting storyline so we'll talk about that Daniel Jones wants Patrick Mahomes money we'll talk about how realistic that is, but I want to start off this podcast getting some stuff off my chest about the Jalen Hurts contract extension negotiations conversation. Seeing a lot of things online, seeing a lot of things on the radio, some really bad takes out there about Jalen Hurts and what he should be looking for, how he should be handling these contract extension negotiations, because I think we all believe and we all agree, well, at least most of us, and I won't say all because I've encountered some some folks on Twitter, who still don't think it's the right time to give Jalen Hurts a contract extension. They still haven't seen enough. (laughs) I'm going to get to that in just a second. But there is a, and it's maybe it's a vocal minority, but there is a, a vocal contingent of folks out there who are understandably nervous about paying your quarterback so much of your cap, right? I get that. You you don't, when you pay your quarterback $50 million, 45, 50, 52 million dollars a season, that it's going to dramatically affect how much money you can spread around throughout the rest of the roster. And we know Jalen Hurts playing in 2022 under his rookie contract, the third year of his rookie contract, the Eagles had a lot of money to spend in other places. That's why they were able to go out and get James Bradbury. It's why they were able to go out and uh, and get CJGJ. It's why they were able to add these guys at midseason. Right, it's, it's why they were able to do a lot of the things and put the kind of team on the field that they were able to put out there. And so I understand, and I get the worry about Howie Roseman and what kind of team he can put together if you're paying your quarterback 45 to $55 million a year. And none of us really know what the number's going to be. It will likely be more than Patrick Mahomes' $45 million a year, if only because contracts go up over time. Every quarterback knows when they sign a deal, the guys who come after them 
many of whom may not be as good as them, will probably move past what they made, will get a higher number. And so Patrick Mahomes undoubtedly understands that Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, the guys that follow after them, will probably get more than he got. Not all of them. Like, I wouldn't pay Tua more than more than what Patrick Mahomes is making. But for some of the elite guys, and Jalen Hurts is now among those guys, they're going to make more than, than Patrick Mahomes. So I understand the worry there. I get it. There's only so much money to go around. Math doesn't lie. But there is a growing cadre of voices out there who are insisting, I believe, and are if you read between the lines what they're saying, you don't have to read all that closely between those lines, that if Jalen Hurts doesn't take a big discount and cut off his nose to spite his face in order for more salary to be there for other players, then he's a bad guy, that he's selfish. And while you won't hear people come out and say this, it is the only thing you can infer based on what they're saying. Joe Giglio on WIP is not the only guy saying this, but he might be the most prominent. Well, he said this week, Jalen Hurts is about winning. He wants to win. And I know he has a responsibility to himself, to his family, and to the players. It's good to see Joe recognize that. Okay? But then he goes on to say, but I look at it like this. Jalen Hurts should take less to help the Eagles. In the tweet that Joe put out promoting the segment of the show, and an article was written about it. I don't know if Joe put out the tweet, but it looked like Joe put out the tweet. It was under his Twitter handle. He wrote, Jalen Hurts acts differently than most quarterbacks. He can cement that by taking less to help the Eagles keep a great team around him. It's this tweet specifically and the wording of it and the fact that he's not in, this is not to jump all over Joe's head because he's not the only one who is saying this. But the inference here is that if Jalen Hurts doesn't go out of his way to basically deprive himself of what 10 to 15 million dollars a year over the course of however long this contract is going to be, that if he doesn't deprive himself of that money, that he's not a guy who really wants to win. That he's not a team-first guy. And what are you if you're not a team-first guy? The only other thing that you can be if you're not a team-first guy is you are a me-first guy. That you are selfish. That you are thinking only of yourself in that situation. That is the inference that Joe is laying out here, and others, is that if Jalen Hurst doesn't take less to help the Eagles, that if he doesn't get the contract that he deserves to get, if he doesn't go out of his way to voluntarily walk into Howie Roseman's office or to have his agent do it and say, listen, I know I'm probably worth 50 to $52 million a year, but I'll, I'll, I only want $35 million a year so that you can, you can fill out the rest of the team with that extra $15 million. If he doesn't proactively go in there to Howie Roseman, because I don't think Howie Roseman is going to go up to Jalen Hurts and say, hey, listen, uh, 
I know you deserve 45 to $50 million a year, but would you be willing to take 35 so I can fill out the rest of the team? The general manager is not going to do that. He's not going to say that. He wouldn't be dumb enough to think that that's acceptable. Because Howie Roseman's a realist. He understands how the real world works. This kind of nonsense is a, is a blindness or a willful disregard for how the real world works. It would be wrong of Jalen Hurts. L- listen, I'm not going to say that. If Jalen Hurts voluntarily does something like this, then fine. I'm not going to kill Jalen Hurts for that. Obviously, if he wants to do that, that's up to him. It should not be incumbent upon him. The fan base, certain corners of the media, should not be making it an expectation that he do this. Or to go out of their way to say, you're not a team-first guy unless you do this. Hugh Douglas is Joe's midday partner. He disagreed with Joe, which is not surprising coming from a former player. He says, I like Howie. I like him a lot, talking about Howie Roseman. But if I'm Jalen Hurts, that's an that's not an MP. That's a YP. That's a not my problem. That's a your problem. Yes. Yes, that's right. It is not up to Jalen Hurts to figure out how to build the team around him. That's Howie Roseman's, that's Howie Roseman's world. Jalen Hurts was selected in the second round. He was the fifth quarterback taken in that, in that class. And what he has done to transform himself from a running quarterback who didn't have a whole lot of ability throwing the football accurately to being one of the game's most dynamic two-way players, running and throwing the ball, is nothing short of remarkable. I can't imagine the time and work and effort that went into that. The guy the guy established himself this year during the course of 17 games, 15 games, right, because he missed two games, as someone who could do it all. And then on the biggest stage, Jalen Hurts goes out there in the Super Bowl and has one of the greatest all-time performances in Super Bowl history albeit in a losing effort, albeit with the fumble in there. That was a big, that was a big swing. But Hugh Douglas said it right. Ain't no, ain't no way on God's green earth I'm taking less money. He says, no, I understand that there's a situation you want to field a competitive team around you, but that's Howie's job. And again, whether or not Jalen Hurts voluntarily goes to Howie Roseman to say, I want to do this, there is, there, it should not be an expectation And there should be absolutely no one listening to this podcast who, if Jalen Hurts gets $45 to $50 million a year, which he deserves based on the previous quarterbacks in front of him, before him, sorry, not in front of him, the previous quarterbacks before him based on what they got, he should, it should not be an expectation placed upon him that he goes to Howie Roseman and says, I want less in order to help the team. Because that's not how it works. So let me lay a couple things out. People are pointing to Tom Brady. Yes, Tom Brady did do that on occasion. Tom Brady also had more clout than anybody else in the league. And Tom Brady, by that point, had already had four or five contracts under his belt. All right? And, and, I, and I've seen some cap, cap experts who, who don't even believe, really, that Tom Brady helped out all that much by restructuring his deals. But that's beside the point. That's one quarterback in the history of the NFL who did that. No other quarterback has ever done that. And a big part of this is that Jalen Hurts, it's, he owes it to his agent 
to get to to maximize his contract, but as much as anything else, he owes it to his fellow teammates. He's actually being a good teammate by working to get as much as he can because it sets up it sets a bar for the guys who follow after him at quarterback. The players union would have a conniption if he went into Howie Roseman and, and took $10 million a year less than Patrick Mahomes is making. Right? They'd have a conniption because his salary sets the bar for the next guy who sets the bar for the next guy who sets the bar for the next guy. It works that way in every sport. With the Phillies, we heard JT Realmuto talking about how much he wanted to make as a catcher because it sets a new bar for the free agents that follow after him. And Jalen Hurts is, did not come out of college and make a bunch of money as a highly touted first-round pick like, like uh, Trevor Lawrence, like Joe Burrow. This is a guy who struggled. Nobody, nobody knew that he was going to be the franchise quarterback moving forward, coming into this season. He was a huge question mark. I doubted him. I was wrong. I was totally wrong about Jalen Hurts. I couldn't be more thrilled to be wrong about everything with Jalen Hurts. Couldn't be happier to be wrong about Jalen Hurts and, and, how, and his success and how much he's improved. Not only is it incumbent upon Jalen Hurts for the quarterbacks that follow him in future seasons and even in this offseason, but the quarterback level establishes a baseline for the other positions. Wide receiver, running back, edge rusher, defensive tackle, cornerback. It slots all those, all those things get slotted. After the quarterback. I can tell you, I guarantee you, other other teammates w- would not grouse one iota for Jalen Hurts to get what he what he earns. And you can make the argument, yes, what's the difference between $150 million and $250 million? To you and me sitting here, I get it. I get it. Wouldn't make that much of a difference to me. But that's not how sports salaries work. There are other contingencies. There are other things that Jalen Hurts needs to factor in, not, not, not to mention setting his agent up with the most of what she... Th- her job is to get Jalen Hurts the most money that she can because she, she and her staff, tr- it trickles down to them. They get a percentage of that. Pat McAfee talked about something similar to this with, uh, with Andrew Luck on his show a couple of years ago. Pat said that when he brought up even doing a percentage-based salary, Luck was Luck had the idea of doing a percentage-based salary, that he was told that the NFLPA would not allow anything less than a market-based salary. And that they wanted Luck to reset the market. That's that's what the players' union does. And you can yell about the players' union all you want. That's reality. You cannot expect Jalen Hurts to work outside of the reality of how the NFL and economics operates. You can have a problem with how the NFL's economics operates. You can certainly grouse about that. But you cannot make it an expectation for Jalen Hurts to work outside that framework. And the inference, if he doesn't do that, that he's a selfish guy, that he's a me-first guy, is completely out of line. Completely out of line. I've seen some other people on Twitter, and I'm not going to mention their Twitter handles because I don't want to embarrass anybody. But on Twitter, a couple of people replying to me after I replied about this said, I'm hesitant. Some, one, one Twitter person said, I'm hesitant to see them pay him just yet. They said he needs one more year of high production to be convinced. That's not how this works, guy. He's, on, he's entering the last year of his rookie deal. If you don't sign him to an extension now, you lose him. You lose him. 
So if you're fine with Jalen Hurts for one one more year and then back to the drawing board, then you better be looking at a quarterback with the number ten over with the number ten overall pick in this draft. And clearly the Eagles are not going to do that. They have found their franchise quarterback. How much more do you need? He wasn't bad in 2021. He was a very good starting quarterback in 2021. I think most people had him around number 15, 16, 14 in the NFL. I wrote that story for Bleeding Green Nation last week. That's about where he was. Some people had him in the upper 20s. But Jalen Hurts proved he could be a very good running quarterback and a decent passing quarterback. That playoff loss to the Buccaneers certainly soured everybody, and he was a question mark coming into this year. I was not convinced. The Eagles were not convinced. That's why they were dallying with Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson last offseason. What more do you need to see now? Why, why do you have it? I mean, I'll put it this way. Carson Wentz, in 2016, had a similar season to Jalen Hurts' 2021. Then Carson Wentz, in 2017, again, he had, a, he had an extra year. Like, Carson Wentz was a starter from his rookie season. Jalen Hurts didn't start until four games into his rookie season. So Jalen Hurts' second season was essentially his rookie season. So Jalen Hurts has had less time to convince everyone. Not only that, because Carson Wentz was a first-round pick, he had, the team had five years of control, whereas with the Eagles, they only have four years. It's a four-year rookie deal. So the timetable for Jalen Hurts is sped up a little bit here because he did not start from the beginning of his rookie season and because they only have four, a four-year rookie deal. But Car- everybody was convinced after 2017 that Carson Wentz was the franchise quarterback. Whether they needed to pay him in 2018 or not, everybody was convinced because Carson Wentz was selected number two overall that he was the future, that he was the franchise guy. Jalen Hurts had a better season in 2022 than Carson Wentz had in 2017. He did. Maybe not by pure passing numbers, but overall numbers, record-wise, production-wise, Jalen Hurts' 2022 was better than Carson Wentz's 2017. Not only that, Jalen Hurts played three playoff games, made it to the Super Bowl, and had a Super Bowl to remember. A Super Bowl to remember. What more do you need to see? There's nothing else to see. So you got to sign him now or else you risk losing him. It doesn't work that way. You can't wait one more year and play it out. Say, oh, I'm not sure. I think I need to see a second MVP type season from Jalen Hurts before I give him the money. It's not how it works. And I've seen and somebody else responded to me. Hurts has a choice. Either make the most money and have a less talented team around him or still take a massive contract. Think mega million Powerball level money, but be able to leave more for other players and increase a chance at the Super Bowl. Wouldn't fault him either way, but it's his choice. It's kind of not his choice. And that's what I'm that's what I'm saying here. I get the fact he's going to make gobs of money either way. But my problem, my I won't have a problem if Jalen Hurts takes less if he wants to do that. My point is that the framework of how the economics of the NFL works makes it so that Jalen Hurts really can't do that. And certainly, no one should be placing the burden on him to make that call, to make that choice. It's unfair to him to do that. And I don't remember anybody else saying that about Carson Wentz or really any other quarterback. I don't hear anybody saying that about Joe Burrow. Or Justin Herbert. And I think that's interesting for a lot of reasons. I'll let you figure that out. But I'll, I'll, I'll let you make that determination. Why you're not hearing that about those guys. 
I don't remember anybody saying that about Josh Allen. Do you? I don't. Why are we saying that about Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts is a good teammate. He is a team-first guy. He is a great leader. That's why I think he knows exactly what he's going to do, what he needs to do. And that's get a market-based contract. He's not looking for, I don't think he's looking for anything that's above market. Not like Daniel Jones, who is, who, who wants, who's asking for $45 million a season from the Giants in a new contract. That story has been out this week. That's bonkers. He's not, he, he shouldn't be making Patrick Mahomes money. You ask, yeah, there's no harm in asking for it. I doubt there's an expectation he's going to get it. But if Daniel Jones is making $38 million a year, $40 million a year, can you expect Jalen Hurts to ask for less than that? That is an unfair expectation. That is an unfair demand to place on him. People need to stop it. They need to stop placing that expectation on Jalen Hurts. It's not right. Jalen Hurts deserves based off of all of the work that he's put in, how he has this franchise as a Super Bowl contender year in and year out. And it is possible to be a Super Bowl contender year in and year out with your quarterback making big money. The Green Bay Packers have been a Super Bowl contender year in and year out with Aaron Rodgers making big money. The Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes have won two Super Bowls. Just won a Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes making Patrick Mahomes money. Now, you want you, you talk about this being a Howie Roseman problem. Here's how this works. The Kansas City Chiefs are paying Patrick Mahomes a lot of money. So that means you need production from younger guys. You can't go every offseason and pick a James Bradbury and pick a CJGJ out. Now, we knew that that was a special situation. We knew that Howie Roseman wouldn't be able to do this. That's why it was such a big opportunity here, and the, and the Eagles did get to the Super Bowl, right? They made it to the ultimate stage and lost in a heartbreaker. Could have gone either way. Jonathan Gannon's defense had shown up. Could have gone either way. But you look at what the Chiefs have done. They got Trent McDuffie and George Karlaftis in the first round of last year's draft. Both of those guys were big-time players for them this year. Sky Moore. Didn't have a hugely productive season, 250, 250 yards receiving, but had a big touchdown in the Super Bowl. He was their second-round pick. Isaiah Pacheco was a seventh-round pick. Had 990 yards and five touchdowns combined from scrimmage and played a big role in the Super Bowl. And you've had, you have other, I mean, it was a big class. They had two first round picks, two second round picks, a third, a fourth, a fifth, and three sevenths. And a lot of those guys were major contributors for them this season. What did the Eagles get from their first, from their draft picks last year? Well, they only had five of them. Jordan Davis was a disappointment, mostly because of injuries, but also because they didn't really need him once they got Linval Joseph. Cam Jurgens was drafted to be uh, Jason Kelsey's replacement. And we're hoping we don't need him for that in 2023. So maybe he's Isaac Samalo's replacement. I think you're going to need, but you're going to need Jordan Davis next year. You're going to need Cam Jurgens next year. N'Kobe Dean barely got on the field this year outside of special teams. He's going to have to be a productive starter next year, right? And this year, in 2023, you're going to need these draft picks to do something. You're going to need your, you're going to need your 2023 for draft picks to be a part of the 2023 team. You're going to need your 2022 guys 
And you're going to need number 10 overall to be productive. You know, if you go out and get a cornerback, you're going to need that to probably replace James Bradbury. You're going to need your number 30 pick. Maybe it's an edge rusher. Maybe it's a defensive tackle. You're going to need that guy to be productive. Maybe it's a running back to replace Miles Sanders. You're going to need your number, your second round pick. You're going to need your third round pick. And then once again this year, the Eagles don't have a pick in the fourth, fifth, or sixth rounds. Now, maybe they trade back and, uh, and they pick up some extra picks on, for some extra day three picks. But you're going to need... You're going you're gonna to need Jordan Davis. You're going to need Cam Jurgens. You're going to need N'Kobe Dean. You're going to need number 10, number 30, number 62, and number 94 to be a part of 2023. That's coaching, and that's on Howie Roseman, right? Howie Roseman's got to draft well, which he's done in recent years, and you need your coaches to coach these guys up. That's what you need in order for, in order for your team to absorb the money that you would spend in those other places and and you're giving that money to the quarterback but that's that's how that that's how it goes right the bills are going to pay Josh Allen do we expect the bills to fade away into oblivion no the bills are still going to be good when the bengal's paid pay Joe Burrow they're going to still be good the cowboys paid Dak Prescott and they're going to probably restructure his contract and and pay him a little bit less per year but that's something you can do as time goes along but the cowboys are contenders every year you don't all of a sudden stop being a contender because you pay your quarterback. It's part of what you do. And yes, the Eagles did maximize this year of Jalen Hurts' contract, the third year of his rookie deal. Great, they did it. They got to the Super Bowl. It's unfortunate that they didn't win that game. But that doesn't mean you keep trying to go cheap on your quarterback and risk you know, risk alienating him. So at the end of the day, it's on the it's on it's on Howie Roseman, it's on the Eagles to draft well and to develop players well and to find some free agents in the rough. To get more guys like TJ Edwards, the undrafted free agents, and develop them. That's how it goes. And it's unfair, and people need to stop putting the onus on Jalen Hurts to go to Howie Roseman and say, I want to take less money. It's unfair to him, and it has to stop. And I, I hate the implication that he's a selfish guy and a me first guy. And not a team first guy if he doesn't do that. They do not have an obligation to do that for the general manager and let the general manager off the hook. In fact, they have an obligation to other quarterbacks to get a market-based value. Anyway, I want to move on and just uh, talk very quickly about Carson Wentz. The commanders did the least surprising thing in the world and released Carson Wentz. I thought it was very interesting. Bet Online has the odds for Carson Wentz's next team. I thought the team that they had at the very top was very interesting. The Kansas City Chiefs, 3-1 to one odds to be Carson Wentz's next team. By the way, if you're betting on this, you're a sicko. <laughs> you, need, you need to stop uh, and, and, and take a break. Um, with Chad Henney retiring, though, could you see Carson Wentz as Patrick Mahomes' backup? Here's the deal. Carson Wentz has never wanted to be a backup, has, and I can understand that. He's always, he was drafted number two overall. He came so close to being a Super Bowl quarterback. It's not going to happen. He is much closer to being at the bottom tier of quarterbacks in the NFL than towards the upper tier of quarterbacks. He's a tier or two below the guy, guys like Daniel Jones. He's never going to be that guy. He's a backup quarterback now. I just don't know if in his brain he can rewire it that way, that he can be a team first. You talk about a me first guy. 
Carson Wentz has always been a me-first guy. He's never been a guy who's wanted to help the younger guys along. When Jalen Hurts got drafted, it obviously threw him for a loop, and he didn't he didn't, couldn't couldn't understand being productive himself while at the same time helping a younger guy along. But in this situation, what does Carson Wentz do? Does he go to some team where he's fighting with a guy like Baker Mayfield for a starting job or, you know, a loser team like the Texans who maybe, you know, if things don't go right, maybe they make me their starter. Does he look for a situation like that or does he go someplace like Kansas City with a guy like Patrick Mahomes? And he could go there and he can say, you know what, I do think I probably should be a starter in this league, but Patrick Mahomes is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. If I'm the backup to Patrick Mahomes, I can accept that. And you're going to play for Andy Reid, and maybe you're acting as like a second coach. Maybe Carson Wentz is smart enough to realize that he's entered a new chapter of his career. But maybe he does want to be a starting quarterback. So that's why the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are next on the list at 4-1. to one. I can't I can't picture the Buccaneers turning things turning the keys over to Carson Wentz. But again, I don't really think a whole lot of teams make sense for Carson Wentz. The Buccaneers are at number two. The Raiders at six to one with Derek Carr moving on. The Raiders have nothing at quarterback in the pantry. So do you go to Carson Wentz as a one year stopgap? Draft somebody? Try and get somebody that way? Maybe. You're not going to win this year. If you're the Raiders, you basically say, if we if we get Carson Wentz as a one-year stopgap, it's a rebuild year, and we just need somebody to keep the ship from crashing into the pier, right? The Bills and the Cardinals, the Falcons and Panthers all tied at 7-1 to for very different reasons. It's kind of like with Mahomes and, and the Chiefs. You'd go to, you go to Buffalo to, to back up Josh Allen, knowing that Josh Allen is a great quarterback and that maybe you can stomach being a backup to a great quarterback. With the Cardinals and Kyler Murray, I don't think that would work because Carson Wentz would probably look at Kyler Murray and convince himself, delude himself into thinking, I'm better than Kyler Murray. I could be a starting quarterback here. The Falcons and the Panthers, I don't think, have clear answers at quarterback. They have some young guys. Desmond Ritter looks like I think I would want to, I would much rather watch him play. I wouldn't trust Carson Wentz to be the good soldier behind a guy like Desmond Ritter. And with the Panthers, what what do you what's going on with the Panthers quarterback situation? Right? It's not Sam Darnold. I mean, they're they're rumored to be going after Derek Carr or making a trade for Aaron Rodgers. If if you're the Panthers, Carson Wentz, if you're gonna just go with Sam Darnold at that point. The Jets and the Texans are at eight to one. Again, those quarter those teams looking for quarterback solutions, and the Saints at ten to one. I just don't, there's not a whole lot of spots where Carson Wentz makes a whole lot of sense. And then any CFL team or XFL team are 20 to one. Can you, can you, can you honestly see Carson Wentz going to the CFL or XFL? No, no, can't see it. Can't see it happening. But anyway, thought those were interesting. Uh, I think the Chiefs make some sense if Carson, it really all depends where Carson's head is at right now. Is he a realist? And in which case, if he is, the Chiefs would be a great situation. There's no pressure on you. If Mahomes misses a game or two, you are just surrounded by phenomenal coaching and great talent, and you can win a couple of games there. It's not on you to win 10 games. It's on you to win two. Two or three games, right? If you're a backup, you're, you're expected to play, to be ready to play two or three or four games and win two or three of those. Go 500 in Patrick Mahomes' absence. 
with great talent around you. But if you're going to someplace like the Jets or the Panthers or the Falcons, that's you're going to get more of the same. And you're expecting Carson Wentz to, I don't know, to do what for you. That just doesn't make any sense to me. I think it makes the most sense for Carson Wentz to rearrange his brain, understand he's a backup quarterback, and go someplace like Kansas City or Buffalo. There had been talk about Philadelphia. There's no way he's coming back to Philadelphia to back up Jalen Hurts. That's too big a matzo ball to swallow. He's not doing that. But a situation where you have a truly established quarterback and no real good backup quarterback situation there, I could see Carson Wentz going there if his mind is right. Am I convinced that his mind is right? No, I am not. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this edition of Eye on the Enemy. We'll get a guest uh, to talk about the scouting combine next week or the or free agency or the draft. We're starting to get into that mode, and uh, I do want to have some national writers on during the course of this offseason to give us a good overview of what's going on around the rest of the NFL. That is the whole purpose of this podcast here, Eye on the Enemy. So we'll be focusing on that over the next weeks and months of this podcast. Don't forget to check out all of the Bleeding Green Nation podcast we have for you on the feed we're focusing in on the draft we're focusing in on free agency we got bgn radio cooking so you're going to want to continue to stick with us during a very interesting off season as howie roseman tries to reshape this roster for 2023 thanks everybody for tuning in we'll talk to you next time here on eye on the enemy bgn